So he's saying he's Jake Gyllenhaal, the actor. Yeah, that's a major red flag. Um, <laughs> I know. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I hope you're enjoying our little acapella moment. What we've got going on today? I am. I love acapella. I really am. I love. Like my favorite movie, Pitch Perfect. My favorite movie, Pitch Perfect, and my other two favorite movies, which are Pitch Perfect Two and Pitch Perfect Three and Pitch Perfect Four, Armageddon. No, I made that one up. I made Pitch Perfect Four up. Pitch Perfect Four does not exist. It is not real. No. And it can't hurt you. No, it can't. It, it certainly can if you it let it. I need to talk about the PSA that plays before this show if you listen to this live. Okay, yeah, we can talk about it real quick. Um, First, welcome to the Jake Gyllenhaal podcast. Hey, that's club. my job. No, it's my job You now. just stole my job. Hey, welcome to the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club. <laughs> it's my job. It's my job. I'm my Justin job. Gross, president, CEO, and um, experienced 911 emergency call dispatcher. And you are... Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. <laughs> Like from Flavor of Love, Flavor Flav, and also Public Enemy. You do you do you ever sit and think about how Flavor Flav was in Public Enemy? I don't. Honestly, I do not. Because everybody's like, he's th- got the clocks, and people don't think of him as like conscious, as Mr. Public Enemy. Yeah, yeah conscious, conscious yeah. socially aware guy. Yeah, no, he's just he's, like I got clocks. I got and clocks. I'm, I'm silly. I'm a silly little boy. But that, but he's not Jake Gyllenhaal. And I'm the reason. No, he's not Jake Gyllenhaal. You're so right. He's a um, but I race. used to talk about the PSA. I didn't do it. You can do that real quick. So if you listen to this live, because we edit it out, but there's a PSA that plays before because we have to. Yep. Legally. And um, it's about how stress is good for stress you. Stress is so good for you. And it <laughs> also makes your hair a little bit shinier. And I'm not, um, they don't say, they, they're like, stress is good for you. It'll increase your lifespan. It'll help your immune system. And I'm like, I've only heard the opposite of those I have things literally, being I true. I have literally only ever heard people say the exact opposite thing. So I don't know if I It's like you. weird propaganda from the school to be like. For stress. To be like, keep going to school. Keep taking classes that are hard and stressful. Keep and if you're stressed afraid. out, it's going to make you hotter. It's going to make you so much hotter so, when you get stressed out. I promise, babe. PSA. Babe, I promise. Babe, I promise you Beeb, it's going to make you hotter. Babe, I anyway, promise. So. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal is the subject the of our radio show, in case you weren't aware. Yesterday, we were talking about the guilty. And I feel like today is the best day of all days to talk about, to really establish um, our kind of contrarian nature. Are you holding your... <laughs> My supple breasts. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm relaxing. I'm, I'm trying to be professional. I'm trying to establish. I'm they trying to set a mood. Me. You and I'm trying to that. I know. I'm, I'm part of the problem. It's the radio. Can, I'm part of the problem. You are part of the problem. They just have to imagine that it's happening. Okay. On the Jake <laughs> I know that we're called the Jake Gyllenhaal Fan Club. I know that we are a show uh, dedicated to and about Jake Gyllenhaal. But I do want to stress, with this, with this movie especially... Uh, as we're about to get into. We don't have to like him or the movies he's in. We don't have to like the movies that he's in. I certainly mm-hmm. always will always like him, at least a little I bit. But we too. do not have to like the movies I, he's in. But something about this movie is so... So this is The Guilty. Yes, we're it's talking The Guilty. About the Guilty Netflix which is, is 2021's The Guilty. And it is... Should I t- talk about what it's about? Um, Just briefly, and really then we'll briefly. get into feelings. Yeah. It's also one of the easiest movies to explain. Yeah, really. It's a guy who's a 911 dispatcher. He was once a cop. Uh-huh. And so he's on the phone with a lady, and uh, he thinks that she's kidnapped. What happened was, she's actually a mentally spoilers. Uh, ill woman. Yes, yeah, spoilers. Yeah. Actually, a mentally ill woman who actually accidentally tried to kill her kid. Because the kid um, had snakes in him. And her husband, his kid, the kid, she thought the kid had snakes in him, and maybe yeah. he did. You yeah. know, we, we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. We never see the snakes. We never see the snakes. We don't yeah. see the kid ever. Maybe he had snakes no, in him. No, 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 no. We do not see him. But, um, and... 
you oh we think that maybe her husband is um the kidnapper but in reality he's just taking her to the psych ward to get her back yep. you know and um he couldn't call the cops because he had he went to jail before and right. had distrust of and then um, and so then she escapes and then they find her mm-hmm. and then the baby's okay the Movie baby's over. fine Movie over. Um, broken but people what's important broken what, people. but what we didn't i didn't say is that the 911 dispatcher who is jake gyllenhaal who was a cop huh? the reason he's not a cop is because he did p- police brutality and randomly killed a 19 year old and that's why they say that he's and he saves the you know the mentally ill woman who tried to kill herself. And then some random deputy comes in and is like, "Wow, Jake Gyllenhaal, broken people save broken people." I'm already reeling at the at the, like my little the the board. I forgot the word for it. The thing that I'm in charge of. I'm reeling at the little board because I. Okay, before we talk about the guilty, mm-hmm. I did promise on the gram, if you don't follow the gram, oh, if you somehow stumble acro- across this after the fact or live, and you mm-hmm. don't follow at gyllenhaal.umd, you should fix that. Yeah, follow the gram. Go follow the I gram. do a lot of work on the gram because I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did promise that for exactly 10 minutes, oh yes, I was going to talk about the sequel to Donnie Darko mm-hmm. called S. Darko. I'm going to tell you, you about it for 10 minutes. I'm either going to set a timer. I'm going to set a timer, and it's probably going to ring, and someone's going to hear it. Actually, I, I've i turned down my phone, so it'll just vibrate. Have you also it turned down for what? I don't know why I referenced that. I don't know why. I don't even I have that. time to talk I about that. So I'm going to talk about that. S. Darko at you. Yeah, you I, feel, I did you can, not see it. I did not care. You can feel free to engage and you can ask questions. I love that's the to ask of, questions. That's the beauty of this. What's the plot? Forum. Three, two, one, go. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so the plot of S. Darko is that Sam, Samantha Darko, played by Davy Chase, who did you know used, was uh, Lilo of Lilo and Stitch fame? I did not. I did not know that. Apparently huge child actress now. Flop. Sorry. Sorry. Um, she's uh, it's 10 years after, eight years after... Yes, eight years after the events of the original movie, uh, S. Darko and her friend, who I believe is named, like, Carrie Corn. I kid you not. Corn? Corn. Like candy corn? Yeah, like candy corn. That's goofy. It's so fun. She could have been named Candy They're corn. making a, they're, they're taking a, a cross-country road trip to California because Candy Corn's, I'm just going to call her that now. You can do that. Candy Corn's uh, dad has a bar, a strip club bar that they uh, can work at and dance at. This is how Samantha oh. wants to be a dancer, by the way, because as you remember, she used to be in a famous dance troupe called Sparkle, Sparkle Motion. Sparkle Motion. Um, so they, but their car breaks down in, uh, I think, Utah. And so in Utah, they meet Ed Westwick. <coughs> Rapist! Um, oh. Uh, yeah. In real life? I don't in know real who that life. Is. Uh, he's from Gossip Girl. Go Biz. Go. Go Pee Girl. Go pee, girl. Anyway, so they meet him. He's like, I can repair your car if I find the parts for it. But it takes a really long time because he's not a... He's a bad boy. He's uh, a bad boy. Um, uh, so while they're waiting around in town, um, a meteor strikes. Oh, okay. A meteor strikes. And the only person to survive the meteor strike... Not survive. Uh, to witness the meteor striking is uh, our... So here's where the movie departs from Donnie Darko as like a plot thing. So S. Samantha... Darko is not the Donnie Darko of this universe in the sense that she is not playing the role he played where she has to be the one to stop the universe from ending by sacrificing herself. Instead, the person doing that is a character, a colorful local character referred to by the townspeople as Iraq Jack. 
because he was a veteran in the Gulf War and he's come back and he's suffering from PTSD. And rather than having any any one person be sensitive to the fact that he's oh, suffering from PTSD, man. literally, actually, instead, what happens is that everybody is mean to him and makes him homeless and thinks that makes he's a weird and thinks that he's a weird criminal who's kidnapping young children and little boys. Yes, actually. But so so Iraq Jack, who is by the way, by the way, related to the grandma death, Roberta Sparrow from mm. movie one, is his name is I think Justin Sparrow. Oh, just like just somebody like, oh, else I know. know. Yeah. So so that's that's our Donnie in this movie. Our Frank is Samantha. So mm. between the first run like the first near miss from the meteoroid and the end of the movie. Not a lot of import, important seeming things happen, right? We, it's, it's, and I don't want to say pure vibes because like the movie is not like good enough for it to like be pure vibes, but like what it is, Samantha just kind of wanders around town having like sleepwalking issues, um, being law and a lost, aimless, pretty girl. She keeps waking up like it, like, like Donnie, she keeps waking up in random places after having like weird dreams. But again, instead of being Donnie dreams, she's Frank. She's doing Frank stuff. So her dead in in her, like while she's asleep, her dead her future dead self visits our Iraq Jack and tells him what to do about the world ending. Now, so a lot of nonsense nothing happens for like maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 40 minutes. I don't know, I don't remember. And then we get to the the key moment of the scene where I think the timeline split, right? Are you ready? Okay. So, okay. suddenly out of nowhere, Samantha Darko and her friend Candy Corn decide to have a fight. Just decide. Like it, when I tell you this movie the, is not well the written, girls there is are no character. Fighting. The girls start to fight <laughs> and then Samantha Darko, she like she is in a car with Ed Westwick and they drive off without her and they just leave Samantha Darko to walk down the street alone. Sad. So then Samantha Darko gets hit by a car. Oh. Well, that car crash was meant, basically, like, it is perceived that it was meant to hit Candy Corn. Oh. But instead it hits Samantha, Samantha dies, and Candy Corn feels real broken up about this. So that's when Candy Corn discovers that she can also time travel, just because hmm. she just can. Hmm. She meets the spirit of one of the dead boys missing in the, in the town, because there's a dead boy. Okay. And he's like, I can take you back in time to replace... This sounds really exhausting. It, it, it is. It is. I can take you back in time to take Samantha's place and she'll go on and you will die. And she's like, yeah, okay, sure. So she goes back in time. She doesn't have a fight with Samantha Darko that causes her to walk down the street. Instead, she just stays in her little car. Okay. And she gets hit by a car instead. Oh, very nice. And then the movie keeps going. And, like, it just kind of keeps going. She falls off the movie. Samantha Darko is now, like, a character. She's just doing doing her thing. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. I don't even know how to explain this stupid movie. It's like, it has... Okay, I will say a prominent theme of S. Darko is the same, like, completely nonsense, out-of-nowhere religious commentary that Donnie Darko had, but, like, somehow even worse. Hmm. There's a small-town preacher who is, like, an evangelical, like, you know, I used to be, I used to be in sin, I used to be a, I was a car, I was a, I was a prisoner, I went to jail, and then I found Jesus. Um, and then, and, like, uh, do you know Elizabeth Berkley? No. You ever heard of Showgirls, the movie? Yes. She's the titular showgirl. Yeah, she's crazy. She's a she's a horrendous actress, and that's why I love her. Um, so she's in this as like a disciple of this pastor guy, um, and she's just like so bought into it. It's insane. Uh, basically, it turns out that the pastor guy is explicitly a molester oh. because he tries to feel up on Samantha Darko, mm. implicitly collecting children. 
Like collect he's the what? he's the guy who's been stealing away these little boys, just collecting them. And nothing's ever really done about it. Like it's revealed everyone thinks that Iraq Jack did it because we all hate the homeless, right? True. But it's like heavily implied that the pastor did it. And Davy Chase is like, no, the pastor did it. And everyone's like, no, but we don't like Iraq Jack, so we're gonna put him away now. Uh-huh. Anyway, so then the world starts to end at the end of the movie. Meteorites start falling all over the all over the ding dang place. And then Iraq Jack is like, oh, and then Samantha Darko dies for unrelated reasons that I think are even too somehow too stupid to mention. Jas- Jasper from Twilight is in this. He also played Sokka in the last Airbender movie, the live action version. Oh, wow. He's in this as the stupidest, worstest character, a guy who he finds the meteorite, he buys it, and then it starts to like rot him from the outside in and it turns him crazy. And hmm. then he kills Samantha Darko because she he like pushes her and he hit- and she hits her head on a on a replica Frank mask and it kills her. This is really tiring. It's exhausting, and I hated th- this movie, and I also loved it. Anyway, okay. the world ends, and then but then Jack Sparrow's like, "No, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, not Jack Sparrow. That's that's Johnny Depp and pirates." Um, Justin Sparrow's like, "No, I'm gonna save it because Samantha Darko told me to." So he goes back in time, just like Donnie Darko did, uh, and he decides to not die on the night of the meteorite. So he does to, no, not not to die. He decides to die on the oh, me- night of the meteorite. Never so mind. he gets he gets flattened up by that meteorite. Oh, fun. And so because of that. Uh, nobody sells the meteorite because the guy uh, whose property it crashed on is like, I'm not going to profit off the death of a man. So he doesn't okay. sell it. Um, and then Samantha Darko, everyone's fine. at the In the new timeline, everybody's fine because everybody lives. So Samantha Darko's fine. Candy Corn's fine. Ed Westwick is fine. Everyone's fine. Okay. And Samantha Darko's like, I think I'm going to go home. And Candy <sighs> Corn's like, but California. And she's like, no, I'm no. going to go home. I'm going to go home. And so she gets on a bus. She get she goes home. Okay. And the entirety of the Cocteau Twins Heaven or Las Vegas plays. That is the movie. Oh. It's really bad. Um, for a movie that I think ha- had a f- um almost a comparable budget to Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko had four and a half million. Um, S Darko had four million. It looks like it was shot. Uh, for That's like me doing it, Heaven or Las Vegas. You did a really good job. You did it. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, it looks like it was shot for like a student project. <laughs> um, I genuinely believe that someone had like was given an hour to watch all two hours of Donnie Darko, the director's <laughs> cut, and then was given 90 minutes to write a script for it. I feel bad <laughs> because I, I genuinely get the sense that some people did believe in this movie. Like the guy who made the score believed in this movie. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Apparently he read the script and he loved it. Oh. Um, and the director, I, he was like, I wanted to craft a visual world that was like similar to the oddity of the original movie. It's like, I believe that you tried to do that because it does have like these similar dreamy very like I don't want to say interesting because that's giving the movie too much credit but it's like these very dreamy shots where it's like I see where you're going with this but it's just not it's not it's, it's not, not giving, giving it's not giving what it was supposed to give um, <laughs> and everybody in it is awful and can't act and whispers like instead of speaks out loud um, and I, I it was terrible and I also loved it <gasps> it was terrible and I loved it I if you're out there you like a, and you like a good solid bad movie I would recommend this Okay. It's just bad enough. It I'll is exhausting. It. You will be exhausted. It okay. is just bad enough that you will also be entertained okay. while being exhausted. Maybe I'll watch it. Um, and I've got Where did you 30 seconds. I watched it on the internet. Wink. Oh, I see. So I wonder I'm what that wink I, could mean. I don't think, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I watched it on means. the internet for an amount of money. Okay. Yeah. It and could be zero. It could be zero, but it also it could also be like could 20. Be not million dollars. I paid a million dollars to watch S. Darko. Yeah, uh, in conclusion, also, yeah, that's the movie. It was not good. Um, 
but I think that much I have a I will always have a soft spot for it, the smallest of soft spots, because I think someone believed in it. You have a, and, would you say you have a softie for it? No, <laughs> no. I, I would say that. Why would you say that? Because you that's said you had a soft spot. spot and that soft, was and that spot. was ten minutes oh, of okay. S. Darko conversation. Okay, I don't want to talk, talk about, about the, it. I don't want to talk about oh, it. Oh, so we described the plot of the guilty. Yeah, you did. You did um, a really good job of it because that was a great summary because it's really you. not a movie where a ton Here's of stuff Here's other happens. details. For some reason, they said it during the fires uh-huh. of California, even though it has nothing to do with anything. Right. Besides, sometimes they're like, hey, there's a fire. Yeah. And he's coughing. I would say that the fire is becomes like a point of intrigue like once ever because, yes. because like Jake uses it to, tr- to figure out where Riley Keough is. And that's about it. Who's Riley the, the actress who plays the lady on the phone. Oh. Let's okay. Um also one I didn't finish one thing about the end. Okay, so right I told ahead. you that how Jake Gyllenhaal killed somebody. He killed someone. And he did police brutality. Are you yeah. looking at my panties? No, I'm not what are you talking about? I have a skirt on and I'm I'm not very I'm not I'm just sitting you're like slouching. a man spreading yeah. and slouching. Yeah, as is your God given right. And this. Yeah. So um, also so the chair doesn't squeak. Yeah. Yeah. Um Which is very kind of because I because I never do that on your show. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm so 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 I told you how he killed some yeah. kid and I, I'm, a, a I'm kid. just gonna assume it was a person of color I'm it gonna be honest be. with it you it had to be a person of color <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you that no, I don't Jake, say Jake it. Gyllenhaal is the one example of white on white crime in this country <laughs> <laughs> the only example obviously the only one so 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 um he what they mentioned throughout that he's gotta go to he's gotta go to court court, gotta go to court. and they don't you don't know why and then you learn it's because he killed someone yeah and but then at the end of the movie after he saves the mentally ill woman who, who almost killed her baby uh-huh um, after the, he he pleads guilty. Well, first he throws up in the toilet. Oh, he throws up, and they they show you the throw up. I was gonna talk. Can we talk about this really quickly? They, they really cut to it. I gotta frequently. say, I gotta say, this is a really strong year. Twenty twenty one has been a strong year for like certain very specific types of movies, and I'm adding to the list. Um, movies where a gross bodily fluid. Riley Keough featured movies where a gross bodily fluid is shown in a toilet for far too long. What other movies? Zola. I've never seen There was a very key moment in Zola. If you guys haven't seen Zola, I need you to go see Zola. It's one of the best movies of the year. There's a key scene in Zola where Taylor Page, the titular Zola, and Riley, who plays Stephanie with an I, Uh that's her name. Just like um, like somebody we know. Yeah, just like our best friend, Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. They are peeing in a gas station, and we see the pee for both characters. Huh. And Zola takes great pains to, like, make sure that the, the toilet seat's covered with toilet paper and her... I hate that I'm about to talk about this on air. Oh, my God. She's well hydrated. Okay. Stephanie is not in her bare butt is touching the toilet seat. And that is the and that is meant to comment, like, that's meant to show us something, right, about these two characters, about the nature of these two characters. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a creative choice in the film. And this is now the second movie that prominently features Riley Keough, where we also, like, linger on a gross bodily fluid for far, far too long. Hey, mm. hey, Antoine Fuqua... Why did I need to see Jake Gyllenhaal's vomit in the toilet for the rest of that scene? Yeah, I why? Don't know. Why is that the image you wanted to it end makes the movie? Me want to so bomb. let's talk. Let's talk about the guilty and how much we didn't like it because I did I not did like, not this, like movie. this movie. Like it felt very fast, but also painfully slow. Yes, and like painfully slow and not in a way that I thought built suspense well or no. was like in any way compelling. Because I no. think the problem is that it maintained this like Jake Gyllenhaal, who I normally and I in this movie too to an extent He's I do good. love as an actor. He's this good. was a good performance for the movie that it is. It was yeah. a good performance, right? But Jake kind of keeps it at a 10 for the whole movie, right? Like, he's yeah. at a, he's kind of yeah. at a 10 for the whole movie. He's screaming and crying. There are perfect storms all he's over the place. He's screaming, crying, crying pooing, 
PP perfect storm. And he makes all the tables. Oh, he doesn't. He but turn upside down because he flips them over. Because he's an angry little boy. So angry. He's so mad. He's so mad. Such a nightmare. And it's so. It is so like one note for the entire movie to the point where like except for at the end where he's sad. He's so sad. It's real sad. And he just kind of invites it, like, it, because of that, I think it kind of invites you to check out of it almost. Yeah. Because, like, and I did. At some point, oh, so did I. Because at some point, it's like. I literally started, like, doing the tap tap on the screen to go, like, 10 seconds. Did you I, actually? Yes. Oh, my God. Because I was like, I don't care. Well, it's, like, it's like, I know where this is going. Yeah. And especially, like, I'm sorry, because I don't, I don't want to be that much of a film snob because we're going to be when I talk about the, the original foreign film. I, it's a, it's so American in that like you know it's gonna have a happy ending. You mm-hmm. know that like it's gonna like that he's gonna be validated for his decision making, even though like he was doing some things that I think are objectively wrong. Wrong. This movie made me because it's it's pretty much a propaganda movie. Oh, one hundred percent. Pretty much entirely full, on, full force and um full police force. There's, wow. 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 Imagine. And you're supposed to... I mean, there's not a second of this movie where I root for Jake Gyllenhaal. No! Because none. you're definitely supposed to because you're like, oh, he's trying to help. He's doing everything he can yeah. to help save this lady. But he gets, like, creepy and weird okay. and reckless. Here's what I will say. It's not that there's that you're not supposed to root for him. It's that it's very hard to root for them when you watch him do the things that he does. The yes. movie, the movie wants you to root for him. Yes. The movie absolutely wants you to believe that this is the one guy who's 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 breaking all the rules to get the job done. Yeah. And it's like this is like a he bad pretty much, person. He pretty much lucked out. Oh, absolutely. And like so there's no reason for me to think that like anything that Jake Gyllenhaal did cuz pretty much like he's like like going through back doors, calling his off-duty yep. friend to help go through the house to of break this lady. into someone's house. Yeah, and go through stuff, and like is screaming and yelling. Like, yeah. like he's calling he's calling welfare checks like on the kids, which I think technically will go, like regardless of how you feel about um, the mom, I think it's gonna go on someone's record, right? Yeah, they have to call a welfare. Like, you, he's doing all these things to like get results, but it's like. Not only are you breaking the rules, you are also making like these long-lasting negative impacts on these people that you do claim to help to like and to care for. Oh yeah, one it's thing so... I didn't discuss in the yeah, he pretty much goes through um, before we find out, uh, you know, the backstory of the lady. He's going through. He's like like pressuring his friends who are cops to break into the house to find out what this woman's up to and if her kids are safe and like all this stuff. Um, he just keeps jumping through the hoops. But some of the hoops seem to be important. Some of the to hoops seem to be people. like necessary, necessary so that nobody gets hurt. And yet here we are, like time and time again, with Jake Gyllenhaal breaking these rules because he thinks he's convinced that he's doing the right thing. And then, which I guess is like the commentary, but I do think it's like really late, like not lazy but commentary. Again, it's not like, like the commentary is bad and and isn't successful if it's trying to be critical about cops. Yeah, because then you just say like. Even though Jake Gyllenhaal did pr- police brutality, he then and also killed was someone, right. He was right. He, he guys. also was right and did the right thing. And did the right thing. Like, even if his actions were wrong, at the end of the day, it's fine to have rooted for him, guys, which is like because he really, did the right which thing. Which is like a really horrible yes. commentary when you find out he killed an innocent person. It's so. It was so bad. So I want to. I want to talk I about do, it, this movie. Honestly, like made me question. I was like, why did Jake Gyllenhaal do it? So here's the thing. So this movie, I, I read a little bit about it going into it. There was like an IndieWire article he also about how it's it. Yes, he did. So what happened was he watched the original, which we're going to talk about the original in a second, mm. and was like, 
well, let's do this. So, oh, yeah. so he com- like worked on, didn't work on, he commissioned the script, the uh, adapted screenplay mm-hmm. of the original. And then the pandemic hit. Mm. It was a hot commodity in the early months of the pandemic because everybody was like, oh, crap, we can just film this complete, mostly remotely mm-hmm. under COVID protocol. Yeah. Do you want to know what occurred in 2020 to make this less of a hot commodity for a little bit? What was that? The George Floyd protests. Yeah, who would have thought? Made it so that people were like, hey, maybe the it's not. The script is not good. I don't even think it was the script in particular. I think that I'm assuming that what got around was the one room cop movie. I don't think that, that the idea of making a cop movie was in particularly high but demand. But it's also like, but somebody had to, because it's asked to be more than just the cop because specifically Jake Gyllenhaal killed an innocent person. Yeah. But I, I do think that that's not necessarily something you can like sell in particular. If you're shopping it around, that's mm-hmm. a, that's kind of a hard sell. But if, if but I, so I think interest fell be, specifically because it was like a hot, fraught moment for cops at the time. And nobody wanted to make the cop movie, even if it meant that it was a multi-million dollar project that you could How fund money during was... COVID. Went into this movie. I believe that that Netflix gave them a lot of money to make it. How much money would they even need to make this movie? uh, Let me look it up. It's just a camera that number I'm thinking of was thirty mil. You fix a camera about three inches away from Jake Gyllenhaal, and you just let him cry on the phone. Just let him cry on the floor of the bathroom and scream and yell. Oh, there's no there's no budget because Netflix doesn't release any of their Netflix likes to be shady. Um, Netflix Netflix bought it for thirty million. I I get in this IndieWire so in the IndieWire filmed. review I read, Jake alluded to the I to the possibility that Netflix was willing to give them whatever they wanted hmm. for it. It must have, but it must have cost nothing to film. I, I'm sure it was very cheap. Oh, and this is the other thing about the production of the movie that makes me really skeptical of like its existence. Hmm. Jake pitched it to uh, director director man Antoine Fuqua, who, if I recall correctly, has done at least one other project with Jake, but I'm pretty sure two. Um, he so he did Southpaw, which is a movie about Jake as a boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so I think I think he just did Southpaw with Jake. Oh, okay. Um, he's also known for um, the Equalizer. Okay. All of the Olympus, has, the Blank Has Fallen movies, and Training Day. I don't know any of those. You know, they're, they're like big action movies, and Training Day is one of the ones that uh, won Denzel an Oscar. Oh, good for Denzel. One of two, I think. Shout out Denzel. Shout out Denzel. Big fan. Yeah. So. That's that's his registry. He okay. he Jake brought this movie to him mm-hmm. and said, "Make this in 5 days." Oh my god, Jake. It took 11. Okay. Co- um COVID. Mm-hmm. Antoine Fuqua did not get it, but he was exposed, so he had to direct this from a van. Oh my god. Uh, an off-site van where he was wired in and Directed it like to the to the one room where like I'm assuming what the the no more than ten cast members who are physically on screen yeah appeared, mm-hmm. which is at the, on one hand it is kind of a feat Just of filmmaking, like, but on the other hand, why would you really, make him do this? Why would you? Because Jake, the way that it was pitched was um I know that this is a director who likes a challenge, mm-hmm. and I and I do believe that he probably did it thinking that it would be a fun challenge. Mm-hmm. And then he just happened to get exposed, exposed to COVID. Okay. He's like, well, I can't stop. Okay. We might as well just do it. Sure. But what, what worries me, it's like, I do wonder how hard some people who are, let's say, not Jake Gyllenhaal influential had to work 
to make this movie happen in what was ultimately 11 days. Yeah. That really worries me. I don't know. Yeah. There's something about, there's something know. about like the, the like pig headedness of pitching it as a challenge in heavy, I'm putting this in heavy air quotes, that yeah. really worries me, especially when the end result, and I'm going to, let's talk, I'm dropping, I'm dropping mm-hmm. it now. The end result was a movie that was shot for shot the exact same movie as the original. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you exactly what has changed from the original. Are you ready? Yeah. Jake has asthma. Okay. Fire. Okay. The baby, the baby it lives mm-hmm. in the in the new one. Uh huh. Um, broken people save broken people. <laughs> he goes to jail. Okay. That's it. That's five things. What? What's so? What happens to the not not Jake Gyllenhaal in the, the Danish version? I need to. Maybe. I need to. I need to um figure out his name. I know his last name was Asga. Like. But like a soft, it's like a soft R. You know how you know how like those those the Scandinavians they got their soft R's. He's good. Asgaholm, Holm. He's good. Home. So the movie ends in the Danish film, mm-hmm. the 2018 Danish film, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about right now. The baby up and died. The baby is pretty much pretty. We we don't. It doesn't say if it isn't. Uh-huh. But like when the cops in the Danish film get to the scene, they're like, "Oh God, this baby is dead." Oh well, okay. it's uh, it, the description of the baby is more graphic. I also in... don't know how a baby would live through would live being dis- <sighs> guys. I'm sorry, a baby cannot survive being disemboweled and then left there. Yeah, unemboweled. I don't think they... <laughs> they've reemboweled it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't think you can do. I don't now think a can baby can survive. Now you can do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I need, I need you to not worry about things like this. This, I, this movie gave me snakes. <laughs> I developed snakes in my intestines. I did too, and it hurt. Yeah, it hurt so bad. I'm I crying. crying. And then Riley, and then Riley <laughs> Keo came to my house and disemboweled me, oh, and I felt so much better. I did feel better. I did feel. I don't know I why. I don't know why Peter Sars. I don't know why Peter Sarsgaard was like, "Hey, I need to take my crazy wife away because That's she disemboweled me." I didn't pay attention. All I so, also can I say why was why was Bill Burr in this movie? I'm glad you recognize it because I didn't know that was Bill Burr. I had to look it up. It was. I also like that. One, there was just one line where Bill Burr is like, "Hey, I'm a guy at a nightclub. Literally, something's so, happening." So speaking, of, so going, going back to the idea, of, like the production of this movie, right? Mm-hmm. All of these voice roles were like favors. Really, Peter Sarsgaard is Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband. Okay, um, didn't know that. Antoine Fuqua has a good relationship with Ethan Hawke. He got him an Oscar nomination as well on Trading mm-hmm. Day. Uh, Ethan Hawke was in this movie. Ethan Hawke. He was the uh, sergeant. Oh, okay. Uh, Riley Keough is just someone Jake Gyllenhaal thinks is talented. Okay. So he just hit her up and was like, "Hey, please be in my movie." And Paul Dano, who is the guy, the first guy on the phone at the very they beginning. Paid these people, right? What? I think they paid him. Probably, enough? yeah. Okay. Certainly, yes. But Paul Dano Good. at the very beginning is just like a guy Alt Jake is friends with and works with a lot. He uh, directed the movie Wildlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the movie Prisoners. Mm-hmm. There was another Jake Gyllenhaal movie. I think he was in. They they work they work together a lot. So a lot of this movie was based off of like the goodwill of like oh well we like Jake we've got a relationship with Jake we're gonna work with Jake. Okay. So I'm gonna talk about the original. Also, you again. can totally do any of these from home. You could. Oh, exactly. That's well. That's what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. Normally, the normal protocol would be like someone would we, we uh, the phone calls would be recorded in another room, but they just did them over Zoom because of the COVID thing yeah. or the COVID exposure. Yeah. So uh, props to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to say, like, these performances, even Jake's, which I do, uh, in compar- especially in comparison to the original, I think is extremely overwrought and, like, yeah. over-emotional and so over-the-top. Yeah. I, I still mean, think it's I impressive. Think it's I thought it was impressive. I feel like they shouldn't have sold. I feel like, I mean, there wasn't very much promo because it's just a Netflix movie. Right, you know, yeah. Netflix does every all their promo yeah. just through them. And the people who are going to see it are going to see it. It felt like it was yeah. treated more like this big drama than 
it's like a big drama. But in reality, this is like this is like a cheesy action movie. It's, a, it's so yeah, it's, it's such a cheesy, a cheesy action, action movie. movie. And they should just feel just be just to treat it that way. You know, I, it's honestly, a cheesy I action. wish it's they directed did. By, it's directed clearly by a guy who does cheesy action yes, movies. You might as well so. have you like. You might as well bill it the same way that the the Michael Bay movie he's going to be in is being billed. Yeah, just have why it not? be have it be like this cheesy thriller because it was a cheesy thriller. Huh. It was not like this sweeping, this sweeping like taxing drama. No, it was drama. not. It mm-hmm. was just like Jake Gyllenhaal yells and screams for for ninety minutes. What happened to the guy? To the guy in the Danish version of this movie? Mm-hmm. Was was there still a? It was still a cop who did yes. Who killed? Who did manslaughter? Yeah, oh, not manslaughter. Who did police brutality? Who did police yes. brutality? Yes. And and then, but did he get arrested or did he get away with it? They do not say. Oh, okay. It's more ambiguous, which is why okay. I like the original better. a lot more. the The tension is a lot is a lot more gradual. Mm-hmm. Like um, Jacob uh, Sidergren. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name. Sidergren. Um, mm-hmm. It does not spend the whole movie. Oh my god, he's also a Jacob. Thank you. Um, he does not spend the whole runtime of the movie, you know, yelling and screaming. Mm-hmm. He, there is for every like f- four scenes that Jake Gyllenhaal is like yelling and screaming and breaking things in the uh-huh. movie. There is one where he's like shouting, okay. shouting. The the, okay. the big like the emotional. I don't want to say emotional climax on the off chance that my theater professor is listening to this to this to this okay. episode because Fair I'm, I'm not I don't mean the climax even though it's at the point of emotional release blah blah blah, blah. Um, okay I wouldn't have told I would I wouldn't you would have told would, Chris you no told I would them? have never told Chris oh my god thank you you're an ally <laughs> of um, course but what it is is that at the at the like a fever, an emotional fever pitch moment uh uh home just wrecks the room he's in just destroys it okay. And that's, that's like, nice. the, that's the most it gets. Okay. And there's no, like, at the end when, like, when uh, he gets the call from the dispatch and they're like, yeah, we got her. Good job. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, he doesn't, like, break down. He doesn't go throw up in the bathroom. Just says, he G- just says, GG. Yeah, no, he gets up. GG, easy. He, he, gets up and no he, picks up the, he gets up and he picks up the phone. Oh, okay. Sixth thing that was different. I just remember there was sixth thing. Mm-hmm. The American movie is a lot more heavy-handed about Jake's divorce. Oh yeah, I did not care about that. It was so not important. I need to. I need to. I've. There's two things I want to touch on. The first thing Please. I want to go back and think about the morality of the filmmaking happening here. Okay. Because put, look, thinking about and sitting through the recent strikes of people who work on movie sets. Yes. Like I'm like I'm thinking about like whoever edited this. I'm thinking about stuff like that, like post production stuff. Like sure, like Jake can have fun and scream and yell at a camera all he wants. But a lot of the and, and he can see that yeah, like you said, like this can be a fun quirky challenge for Jake and his friends and the director. But all the people in post production have to scramble to finish an entire movie, a ninety minute film. Well, I'm I'm gonna hope, I'm gonna hope uh-huh. that like they just meant shooting for five days and not have the movie ready. I think I think but, that's true. I believe that that's true. I, but again, regardless, I do hope so. there's still there's still many people, you know, people who have to work on sets and stuff who, you know, this it was going to be tough for them. You right. know, I also don't know that much about working on movie sets, so I'm not going to I'm not, I'm not going to claim yeah, to know. I, I'm gonna, but yeah. I'm just going to imagine. I'm going to I'm going like, to hope and pray that this was an eth- this was an ethically like, produced yeah, movie as hope. as ethical as it could have been given that the the whole the selling point to the director of this film was let's do it in 5 days. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope. hope and pray, especially because I'm I don't know a lot about post, the process of post production, and I haven't heard a lot about the post production of this movie. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot about it. That's I'm going why to I'm assume gonna assume that, that that means principal photography. I think sure. that is what that means. Sure. I don't see why that wouldn't be what it is, but if uh-huh. it like you know, 
Because then it, it wouldn't premiere. When it was filmed in November, it wouldn't premiere for another year. Yeah. So I'm assuming that means that they then had the rest of the year to work on what they had. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume. I'm, I'm going to hope, hope and pray. Um, and then another thing I want to touch on is just like, I have so many issues with this movie. Um, here are things that I thought were unnecessary. Okay. Do you want to be positive for a second? I was gonna say I was gonna start with the positive, okay. but I have very little positive. I also have very little positive, so we can um, we can talk about I positive. I think the beginning is pretty interesting, and it builds up. It build. I mean, this is my feeling. I think the beginning is better than the rest of the movie. Yeah, I think the because... beginning. I think narr- like emotionally, it does a really good job of mounting the pressure. Yeah. But the problem is for me, I don't uh-huh. want to already get into the messaging. The narrative, like the the messaging being, look at these stupid people who need our, who are wasting the time of our of our cops. Yeah, bad, embarrassing. Um, There's a fire, you guys, and that's why I think the fire was such a misstep. Yeah, because like now it feels dire. It feels like these people aren't calling you for no reason. They're calling you because they're stressed out because their city is on fire. Especially because so to set the stage, before Jake Gyllenhaal gets a call from Emily, Emily, who's like the mentally ill woman who pretty much centers this entire movie, a woman who we don't know is mentally ill, but. She got. She's. There were snakes in that baby. You're right, though. The that baby could be real. Had snakes in it. Okay, I see. I mean, come on. I see where you're coming from. I know. Yeah. <laughs> as I someone who's face. had snakes in me and had to be cut open as a result, I'm just saying. You were the baby. I was the baby. <laughs> that was me. That was that was me. I was. I the was baby. reemboweled, <laughs> and that was really hard for me. It was so hard for me to be reemboweled. <laughs> so I know this is a more serious episode than the last episode. Yeah, because Donnie Darko this... is such a fun movie to talk about. I know it's it's quirkier. It's this it is. is not quirky. There are, there are so many things wrong. Okay, so like I was saying, the first like phone call, nine one one phone call that is given, at least that I remember, mm-hmm. is from like some p- politician. Who's like accusing a prostitute of stealing yeah, from him? Yeah, and it's like, it's like, hey, I got a lady who's doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this guy—he's just calling nine one one for no reason. The attitude is very much like, guys, look how look at what cops have to go through. Literally, it look look like how these, said, look how stupid civilians waste like the time said, of cops. Like you, I know you said, it's, it's, and it's, it's so gross. And and kind of the like. Like I believe that this this job that job is a nightmare. Yes, I'm not saying it's not hard. It's not hard. To I'm be not a saying it's not emotionally taxing. I'm not saying that that's something that like isn't like hard labor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But the framing of it is so it's gross. So gross. And one thing that that really bothered me, which you touched on a second ago, mm-hmm. but kind of like when the end of this movie, the moral of the story, pretty much from from what this movie is, if you you, you take it for what you know what it is, it's trust the cops. It's no, it's a oh. movie about, well, pretty much. Yeah. It's a movie about, hey, even though this, even though cops kill people and do police brutality and do really horrible things they're not supposed to and uh, break all the rules that are made to protect people, it's okay. It's okay because at the end of the day, they do Because the right broken thing. people save, save broken, broken people. people. By the way, did we say how that was a real, we're not just joking. That is a real line from this movie. That is the one line. I didn't mention that. When I say that that was the, like, one of, like, ten lines that wasn't in the original, that is one of ten lines that wasn't in the original. <sighs> that, whoever, I'm going to call this person out by name. Um, I bet that Nick, uh, nope, I'm okay, I can't say that. Pizza, Pizzolato. I bet Nick Pizzolato mm-hmm. is so proud of himself for that one. Broken people, same broken people. Yeah, I would like to have a a long talking to with whoever wrote this. I'd script. like to kick him in the shins. Me too. First of all, this is a 
though it's like over the top and super exaggerated, it's a movie that's trying to convince you that these are real things, real things that happen in America. Yes. This is why you need cops. Yes. This is why you need them. So why would you have this like soap opera Hallmark movie line at the end of this movie? Why Ugh. would you think that? Why that would you would think be... that that would be compelling? That that would be Eddie, realistic? That that, that's that like would a gritty, be grounded. Dip- yeah, gr- a grounded per- portrayal never, of what it's like to be a cop in I've the United States. I've never come up. I've never had anybody say anything nearly that. Broken sappy. people save broken people. By the way, the broken person is a murderer. Is a murderer. Is a police and the brutalitizer. Other person is like somebody who is a, a very serious mental illness. Is a illness. person with yeah with serious mental illness. It's implied to be like. Not well off, not doing like, well. Like a poor, poor... Well, the reason that she's mom. mentally ill or, yeah. is be, well, or did, almost killed her babies because she's so mentally ill and she she needed to rely on her medicine to be functioning and they they couldn't afford to keep paying for her meds. So that's why she got really, you know... And that is the same kind of broken as a man, as a police as officer a police who officer killed a 19-year-old. Who, like, killed, because he, he had said, a bad day. He had a bad... Yeah, and was like, I just wanted to... I bet that kid didn't even have snakes in him. <laughs> I bet there were serious... I bet there weren't any snakes in that hey, kid. Justin, are you making light of mental illness right now? I'm making light of police brutality. Jeff. Okay, okay. <laughs> there we go. Much better. <laughs> Can we talk about how neither uh, of us are going to go to heaven? It's okay. Neither of us are going to see heaven. I know people have very severe mental illness. Yeah. This didn't feel like a very good portrayal of no, that. it wasn't. It and was it wasn't. So, it was so, like childish and like, so off. Like crazy snakes. people there got are snakes. snakes in the kid. Like I know people have very serious mental illness and people do have delusions. Right. But like but like when somebody's meant it seems incredibly like, you know, it, it was just I It's very on the nose. It's kind of hard to pinpoint what bothered me about this, but pretty much you don't know she's mentally ill. Right. And so you just hear a woman on the phone like who's like, you know, how does this character have the clarity of mind to know that she needs to talk, like she's being kidnapped and she needs to talk on 911 to her kid. Yeah. But not to know that she disemboweled her son because he had snakes I in him. I think that's also what makes the portrayal of mental illness so flawed. Is right. like, yeah, she begins kind of like normal and rational because she's, you know, crying on the mm-hmm. phone and like, you know, she's she's trying to follow the directions of somebody operating. Again, also not to say people with like severe mental illness can't have, you know, moments of who are grounded. But right. And then gradually she gets kookier and you find out about the snakes and she's talking about snakes. She's talking about swimming in water. It's like she's this weird semi monologue where she's talking about being in water and like. It just gets progressively weirder. It just felt like a very tacky portrayal. It was so tacky. It was such like You a... would think that, like, if you're going to do this movie for, like, an American audience, you would think that, like, you would change the... Make the mental health portrayal a little, a little bit, bit better. But yeah. I guess we haven't gone very no, far we haven't, in society with that, No, we have beat for beat we? from the original. Anyway, like, even, even the line about the aquarium is the same thing. You're the kidding. Whole mo- it's word for word. I am not joking. It is a word for word remake. Mm-hmm. Like about eighty minutes of this of the oh, twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, the aquarium line. Yeah, she she talks remake. she talks to Jake Gyllenhaal about she likes to take her kids to the aquarium. So she has some weird monologue about how she likes water and fish. It's it's. Uh, I'm just so mad at it because like, it is. There's very there again. This movie makes me question. I was like, why would you? To me, there's very little successful in this oh, movie. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely like. I'm going to say most of this movie is entertaining, but before I saw where it was going to go. 
Uh huh. I was definitely interested, um, because there were moments. Because there were moments that I didn't know weren't going to go anywhere. Right, yeah. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal has, like, two scenes where he's, like, trying to contact his wife to talk to his kid. And that, nothing came that. has that. nothing to do with anything. Right. Besides to make you feel pity for Jake yes. Gyllenhaal's gross cop character, who I do not pity at any point in this movie. Because there is literally, like, like we're supposed to feel bad for Jake Gyllenhaal, who killed somebody who, killed who a treats... Kid. Who killed a kid. Who killed a kid. And who treats, like, everybody who he works with right now like garbage... Because he's angsty that he's working this 911 dispatch job instead of still being on the streets. By the way, one thing we don't talk about is Jake Gyllenhaal, before he finished this huge 911 dispatch call, which he did, like, jump through hoops, not jump, skip through all the hoops he was supposed to jump through that would have protected these people who he was calling, for context. Uh Uh-huh. He was going to go to court and, and get his friend to lie and say that he didn't kill this kid. This so like, such a why as... would I care about him? Like, thanks. You finally had like decent morals. I'm not gonna pat you on the back. I need to for say that. my hottest take. What is that? My hottest take is that I, when the the CHP the dispatch person who was a black woman, when uh-huh. she didn't tell, when she told him no, I was genuinely shocked that he didn't like call her a slur. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I am unfortunately. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I am unfortunately not, not kidding. He would. No, he would have. He would have. He that's, absolutely that's, so, would yeah. have. There was yeah. There was on on. There was a woman who's running a highway patrol. Yeah. And um, she's a black woman. And she's a black woman. And she's, and she's audibly she's, a black woman. Yeah, and she's following the rules. Right. And she's being very like, I know what I'm doing. Don't tell me how to do my job. Like, sure, she's being a little, a little stern. But she's but being, like, she's being assertive. She needs she's, to be. Given that her she's, job. Given yeah. that she's working during a wildfire. Exactly. And Which like, was why that decision was such a misstep. M- yeah. Because it even less makes me, it makes me even less sympathetic towards Jake. Because you're trying to rush along this process in the middle of a natural and, disaster. And as the movie goes along and you learn that, like, he's being reckless. And, like, especially because, like, he says to the woman, Emily, the woman being kidnapped, like, go hit the person driving the car with a brick. Kill him, pretty much. Yeah, kill him, hit him with a brick. Uh, and pull he the handbrakes to the car topples or whatever. Yeah, and he doesn't know enough about the situation. He was being reckless. He didn't know that the dude who was driving her was innocent. So you, when the movie goes along and you learn more that he's being reckless and he's making bad decisions, it makes you. It doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't make at me at all. It, this as the movie goes along and it's at the very end of this, it just tries to make. I don't know if this is any. It's probably not any better from the Danish movie. I didn't see the Danish version of what, this movie what, what aspect just like the morality no, of it's, it's probably but, but the like, same that's kind badness. of that is kind of the point of the danish movie uh-huh. in that you are you there's the, the the danish movie does invite you to feel sympathy in the same way that the american one does but it's not necessarily so cut and dry as like yeah i mean one thing that bothers me about this movie is like i feel like like if something bad happened to the people he was on the phone call with that would have been punishment. But again, he doesn't learn his lesson. He does He's not learn his lesson. He did the right thing. for all his behavior. The only lesson he learns is that, well, now I have to, now that I've been such a good person, I have to turn myself in to be an even better person. Yeah, and there's not it's a ridiculous. single moment in this movie. And, and again, they try to make you feel bad for Jake Gyllenhaal so often. Like, yeah, th- th- nothing, you realize he recently got a divorce mm-hmm. um, and he's trying to talk to his daughter on the phone. Mm-hmm. That goes nothing. You don't find out what has what happens to his wife or his kid or whatever, and or if they accept him, it doesn't matter. They, they just they want just you to feel use bad. those points to make you have sympathy for this disgusting person. 
hated and this movie. I hated again, this movie, I again, I like Jake Gyllenhaal, I but it Jake really Jake. makes Jake, me question. Well, I'm going to Jake about, Colin, why did you why did you do this? This movie is especially what disappointing to this? watch after Donnie Darko because it's like where did the Donnie Darko type movies go? Like when he could would yeah. do these kind of like edgier more out there pro- like this is so paint by numbers it's so it's very paint by numbers it's so boring it's so like, safe it's so but I'm also fascinated bummer. by how nobody not a single person thought to obviously make this script different at all from the original did or anyone think about the optics the, of to this? make the cause who's gonna watch this movie and be like I mean this movie is just like it, it like yeah the optics like this movie came out after literally like one of the biggest Civil uprisings based on social movements ever. Yes. Explicitly around cops. Explicitly around cops. So why would you release this movie and think that like... And listen, I'm not a film major. I don't know that much about film. I'm a little bit of a dummy dumb. I'm a little bit of a dumb idiot. And I I don't know that much. You know, I... You know, I saw Fight Club. I th- I don't even. I thought it was just about two guys hanging out. I it was about two guys kissing. <laughs> I thought it was about just two guys. Two guys kissing two guys and hugging. Who, who were kissing? Uh, that's <laughs> that's what Fight Club's all about. Fight Club's all about being gay. Being gay and having fun. <laughs> having fun with your little guy friend. Having fun with your little gay boyfriend, who is also your uh, alter ego. Spoiler alert! Spoiler but alert also that movie's Club. been out for a while. Yeah, and okay. I've still never seen it. Uh, it's, it's good. I'm sure it's good. Yeah. So um, you should watch it. You I like probably, Brad Pitt? I probably will. Yeah. Or liked Brad Pitt? I like. Well, I still think he's hot. Yeah, you can still think yeah. he's hot. He's um, hot in that movie. I let's. I'm gonna wrap up. On first, I'm gonna ask our stupid questions. Oh, can I just finish one thing? Oh, I'm yeah, saying? Please, the please, point please, please. is like, I've I'm I'm almost like, like the fact that they didn't change the script, it's and so, in fact yeah. that they made the script more empathetic towards this Jake Gyllenhaal police brutality guy it's so makes, weird and ma- gross it, to it's me. gonna like I don't know why they didn't get a PR person because now I'm like is Jake Gyllenhaal some all lives matter Which type I don't, dude I, cl- is I the don't director? believe I don't believe the it the director's a black guy what's going on there what's I mean, going you on you can still yeah, you, oh, obviously still. you can no I'm not saying that to you I'm saying that oh. in general it's like what's going on here what's going on what's going on here what's going on What's going on? So well, well, it can't be racist because the director is a black checkmate liberals. Ben <laughs> checkmate Shapiro. Liberals. Hey, we got Ben Shapiro in the stew. Everyone, give it up for Ben Shapiro. Um, thank you, <laughs> thank you for um, having me in the <laughs> stew today. No, no, was that not a good impression? That was pretty um, good. Okay, ask your stupid Let's questions. Stop, it's let, time. I'm gonna wrap up on stupid questions. Then my uh, other, the other thing I wanted to ask. Okay. Okay, Joan. Um, I almost said Joan Nesbo, but that's someone else completely. Joan. Joan Baez. Joan Baez. Um, okay. <laughs> Joe Baylor, Smasher Pass. Oh, Joe Baylor is the name of the character. Yeah. We never, we just called him Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, Smasher Pass. In this movie, Smasher Pass. Pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. You don't do pork. I don't like his butt. I don't like his. I don't do pork. Uh-huh. I don't like his buzz cut. I don't like how sweaty he is. I don't. Okay. That's fair. I don't like how sweaty he is. I, he looks like he stinks. He definitely does. He doesn't shower. I don't like and now anything about Joe. He can't shower because he's in prison. I don't like anything about Joe. Not one thing. Not one thing. So you thing. couldn't fix him either. Then. I could though. No. He's at the point. I mean, again, if you kill somebody yeah. on duty, yeah, yeah, you're at the point of no return. So we got about ten minutes. Okay. I want to talk about this movie potentially being an Oscar player. No. No way. No, it's not gonna I be. I kinda thought about it it's for a little bit. It's too trashy. So here's my thought, right? I want Jake Gyllenhaal to have the year that Adam Driver is having for Oscar play. Whereas what he I mean won't. by it's not well, first of all, Adam Driver is not going to get an Oscar either. But um, I well, Gucci hasn't come out yet. Gucci hasn't come out yet. But I think I think I think, I think Gucci I think is the potential. The problem with uh, with Adam the Adam Driver movies that have been out this year is that they have to Gucci will have to be propelled by the the strength of both of them, and we don't like Annette. 
We don't like I, this. Is, actually, this well, is the official. Yeah, well, Annette, even if I did like it, there's no, Annette is too weird to but be Annette, nominated. It's not going to be nominated, but it is going to be part of the conversation because the people who are, for, who like, are watching these movies. Maybe for like, did win for like indie film award or something, something right? I think, or, I don't know. Or, or, I feel like he, Annette maybe, was, maybe, Annette was a big festival know. player. It was yeah. very well liked in the festival circuit. We just don't like it because we don't like movies that are bad. We could talk, um, yeah, we could talk about that another time. Yeah, on the Adam Driver fan club. Yeah. So we have to wait for Gucci. But Gucci this is, but this is about Jake. Well, yeah, Gucci, I think, is going to be... Gaga's definitely getting for nominated, sure. no yeah. matter how and bad Gaga's the playing for Gaga. I'm sorry, Gaga's playing for Gaga. She's going to pull a J-Lo. I think she's not, play- she's not playing for anybody but herself, I think. Yeah, of course. Um, and why should she? But I, well, I, I feel like... Actually, I think she cares enough about Adam Driver. She seems to like I him. I think this movie could have been an Oscar player um, if Jake was in two movies that were weirder than this. Yeah. Weirder and better. Well, this is also like... This is not a Oscar movie, but again, so neither it, was Green Book. So it honestly, is, <laughs> it is in a sense it's an Oscar actor movie. I think that it, it's sure. the kind of perform it's the kind of movie and performance that will get you nominated for an acting award yeah, and but nothing the else. Mo- yeah, the movie's not going to be nominated. Yeah. If there's any, yeah. if there's anybody who I want to u- who who I want uh, to use their uh, indie cred to leverage this movie into an Oscar nom, mm-hmm. I want it to be Riley Keough. I think that uh-huh. Ry- I don't like this character and I don't like the way she's written, but I think no. the material that she was given to work with was bad and yeah, she did a she did really a, good yeah. gripping job with yeah. it. And off the, because I yeah. know, I it's, know she's not going to get I mean, the attention she deserves for Zola. She's not, she's not, no, no. No, she's um, not. And I do, I will say people seem to like discredit voice acting. Yeah, for, for sure. But like, but I, I she did, that, you know, the amount of, everybody, I think, uh, uh, again, can't emphasize enough. I have no idea why Bill Burr had a cameo in this I movie. Know. I don't know why. But I also given how COVID-centric um, this movie was yeah. and how, how, I mean, admittedly, it's a very glossy, well-made movie uh-huh. under the circumstances under which it was made. So I do feel like they're they're going to try and throw it a bone that way. I, I don't think anything's going to happen in this movie. I, mean, I could so be wrong. But the, again, The any... thing about it as well is also that Netflix is basically going to invest all their money in their Benedict Cumberbatch Western movie that's coming out this oh year. Because that uh, We'll see it. We're, you're, the uh, Power of the Dog on Netflix. It's coming out. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, by the same, it's by the woman who directed this movie called The Piano. It was a... Uh, no. Yes, The Piano. Uh, it's another big Oscar player. It's her first movie in ages. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big return, and okay. it's and it's a woman. So you know, woman director. The only problem with it is that she's working with Benedict Cumberbatch, who I hate. He didn't do nothing though. No, I just don't like him. Oh, okay. He's just ugly, and I don't like. That's I don't like. People, I don't like it when people are ugly. That's fair. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I think he this was is, smaug. In terms of Oscar movies, is going to be a big Oscar. I need flop. to say something about Benedict oh, Cumberbatch. You can, you can. I just said he was smaug. Do you remember that video on YouTube of Benedict Cumberbatch in like yes, the CGI yes, suit, Cause, like cause crawling? Because Miss O'Connor would show it to us all the we time. We have to watch it in our theater she class in like high school every, once a year. Yeah. Um, I know she was. That was intended to to show us the dedication of Benedict Cumberbatch. He just looks like a fool. I thought. Yeah, he looks like a fool. Look he cool. looked, so everybody go on YouTube after you watch this and look up Benedict Cumberbatch playing Smaug. It is hilarious and will make you want to throw up and laugh. So watch it. it. Do you have any Anyways, final thoughts about The Guilty other than that it's definitely going to be an I Oscar think flop? I would be, yeah, because it's literally it's literally an action movie. But again, I can't emphasize enough. If Green Book can win, so can The Guilty. So can I. <laughs> it's true too. So can you this should, show. You should submit like a music video for like a song you wrote yourself. Yeah, it's like, just like me a going, bad one. It's yeah. just me going. Yeah, and that's yeah. the that's the thing. Yeah, uh, I just I just I, I don't couldn't. Know. I literally I it's don't terrible. think I, stand, I couldn't stand this movie. It felt like it again. It felt like a really bad episode of like Black Mirror. Yeah, it was not good. It was really boring. I did not care for it. Um, everybody go watch it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> everybody it was bad. Watch Everyone it. go watch it. <laughs> Everyone go watch the original. It's on Hulu. Uh, if you if, if you haven't already seen the Jake Gyllenhaal version, don't watch it. 
Go watch the original. The original, you will like it more. I still it's, am not watching the original. Don't watch. You you wouldn't like it. Especially okay. now that you've seen the new one anyway. Don't watch the original. You, you, me, Jem, would not enjoy it. Why? But you, listener, Why wouldn't I like should it? watch the original. If you want this this movie, but good, go watch the original. It's yeah. more compelling. It's much I more. I believe it. Yeah. I just, I have nothing else to say now. And I'm um, kind of bummed. Can I, talk, can I talk about Annette since we have time? We have five minutes. You got, you got five. Do it in three. Three? Don't tell me what to do. I want to make sure that the recording's it's That's the full true. recording. Um, Annette, I, since we talk, I love Adam Driver. He was in The Last Duel this year, which I'm not going to see. I don't bad, care. Bad movie. Uh, Justin said it was boring. Yeah, it is. I believe it. Um, I also don't want to watch anything that, uh, why would I watch anything that Matt Demian wrote? Like, that's going to be lame. So Annette is like this movie, it's like French, and it's written by Sparks, who is some band that I don't care about. Um, And it's, I'm just going to say, if you've ever seen the movie Repo the Genetic Opera, Uh um, the music is exactly like that. But, yeah, worse somehow. It's actually worse yeah. because there's not a single song I would listen it's, to. It's just, it's like one of the worst mu- movie musicals I've ever seen, and I also watched Cinderella and Dear Evan Hansen this year. Because <laughs> Repo has, and even though the guy is bad and the guy's an abuser, I know I'm yeah. sorry. I don't like Repo. Yeah. It has Zytrate Academy. You don't like that song. I like that there's song. There's a lot going that on. Is the only... It's got a lot of charm I, again, and a lot of character. Repo. Repo. Yeah. Yeah, which is why um, people like it. And Annette doesn't have any of that. Annette has literally there's not anything mm-hmm. likable. I. Uh, whoever made it hates Bo Burnham yeah. and that's so fascinating because Adam Driver literally plays evil Bo Burnham it's so bad it is so fascinating um, it's with the music is so bad it literally like was unwatchable that I also started to skip through it I love that um, with the little little dot dot yep. button, I love Adam Driver, yep. and he he was he was very sexy, but it was and a he hard had, watch. I loved him with really long hair. But it was a hard watch, um, but it, it was one of it made me physically repulsed yeah, to watch because it was just so cringy, start to finish. Um, the woman was pretty good, but she was French and was singing in English, and her pronunciation was kind of wacky. Sorry to the French. And that baby was a freak. That baby was a that freak. That baby, baby was a freak. It was a freak, and I hated it. But yep. I did like when the baby did sang for the Super Bowl and jumped from the ceiling like Lady Gaga. Great. And that's Annette. That's and Annette. And this has been the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club, where we also took a foray into the Adam Driver fan club. Personally, I would like to do that more often. I think that would be fun. The Adam Driver fan club? Having a mini segment about the Adam Driver fan club. I could work that in there. We could <laughs> work that in there. five-minute segment yeah. about Adam Driver. Next week, I can do that. Next week, we're going to do Love and Other Drugs, right? I'm so excited. We're going to do Love and Other Drugs. See we're going to do a happy Jake Gyllenhaal Adam movie. Driver, can you believe? Adam, no, what's her name? Anne Hathaway's boobie. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see Anne Hathaway boobie. Oh, my God. Thank God. Until then, though. Until then. Thank you for this listening. This has been the Jake Gyllenhaal fan club. Yes, it has. And we're going to play my little outro now. Okay. Critique is so limiting and emotionally draining.